everyone, and welcome to the Any Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. Last week we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the anime that bounced onto the scene is called Koihime Musou. Koihime Musou uh, started as a 14th century Chinese historical novel called Romance of the Three Kingdoms. <laughs> and uh, How far we've come! <laughs> that sentence will not make any sense for the duration of this podcast. Oh, man. Uh, this novel romanticized and dramatized the portrayal of the lives of feudal lords and their retainers. Uh, this comparison is, as you might expect, incredibly loose, though. <laughs> So at no point uh, for the rest of this episode will we mention that particular novel. Uh, the first property in the actual series uh, was an adult visual novel and strategy game, quote-unquote, that came out in 2007. And then many other following properties, uh, such as a follow-up game in 2008, a 2D fighting game in 2011, a manga series in 2008, which is still ongoing, and finally, the anime series that we watched, which uh, aired from 2008 to 2010 over the course of three seasons. And uh, that leads us to Kayla. Would you like to give us a synopsis of the quote-unquote plot? Sure. Kanu is on a mission to find the bandits who murdered her family in order to avenge their deaths. On her quest, she meets many other female warriors attempting to find resolutions to the losses in their lives. Her path is lined with friendships, Rivals, and ultimately, Blood. Whoa, that sounds real cool. Uh, can we watch that show? Colin, that's totally the show that we just watched. Are you sure? <laughs> no, it's radically different. I worked real hard to make that sound good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like at the very surface, that's what it is. And I guess that could be a cool show if it were done in a way that is reasonable or, you know, fun or interesting or good or well-produced or well-thought-out or planned or anything. Tell us how you really feel, Colin. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have almost nothing to say about this show. <laughs> I have so few notes currently that I really don't know how I'm going to fill this space, so I'm going to kind of just throw it to you now and see what you have to say. Uh, so I think the first thing that we should talk about is the story. Um, kind of what... Quote unquote story. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, there isn't much of one. It's kind of funny. This reminds me of... Did you ever read the book uh, Arabian Nights? Yeah, I did at some point. Okay, so in a way, in a less good way, this show reminds me of that. In that, in Arabian Nights, it's about a young woman surviving the nights with her, I guess now husband, by telling a different story each night. And so there's this kind of overarching plot that goes on, and there's all these little stories she's telling along the way. And this is sort of set up in that same way. There's this overarching plot with Kanu and her trying to find the bandits that killed her family, but we never see it. It's almost not addressed at all, except in the very beginning, 
to just give us the context of why she's out there killing bandits. So we get all these other women's stories about why they're also killing bandits or how they became the warriors that they are. But we don't really visit Kanu's story much at all. Yeah, and I guess my understanding is that the visual novel that might make sense because you would be visiting each of the women separately and learning their stories and getting to know them. But if you're going to adapt that into an anime, I think we've generally found that the anime series that work best is when there is more focus than this kind of really broad introduction to all the characters where you don't get any depth with any of them. Yeah, and it gets confusing to know who's going to stay and who's going to go because so many characters walk in and out. And I I end up not caring about anyone because in any given episode, we're introduced to three or four new characters that you're sort of expected to know about and understand who they are and potentially care about them. And then they walk out by maybe two episodes later, maybe that same episode. Yeah, within the first episode, we basically only meet two characters and then a few, like, non-essentials. And by the end of that episode, I I wasn't thinking, like, oh, this looks great. But at least I was thinking, well, I'm interested at least to see where these two characters go and what they do and what their motivations are. And it was it was straightforward, but... I think there was some there was somewhere that that episode could go and the way that it ended up going didn't make any sense really. It was just so all over the place that I couldn't couldn't keep track of anything. Uh the first episode plot is basically that like Kanu kind of is on her way on her bandit quest and rolls into this little town where there's it's kind of a quiet town where nothing interesting is happening and so the thing that everyone has worked up about is like some little kids who are being troublemakers in town and the leader of that group is Rin Rin who she ends up taking a, a small quest to go track down these little bandit kids and and keep them from getting into trouble and and round round them up and Rin Rin basically is like a character who her grandfather died, and her, the rest of her family is somewhere else. So she's basically orphaned here and doesn't have anything better to do than be a troublemaker. As Kanu kind of picks her up and says, hey, you know, you, you're pretty good at fighting. We could go just do this thing together. And they leave, and then it all goes downhill really fast. Yeah, it sort of makes it seem like the show is focused on these women and how they're really good fighters and how they have these quests to avenge their families. That is not what this show is about. It was sort of about that in the first episode. And after that, I I don't even have words. <laughs> yeah, it's sad too because whenever we see that we have rolled a show that was originally based on a visual novel, there's a 50% chance that it's an adult visual novel. And when that is the case, we have had zero luck with the anime that were taken from that medium. So far, at least. That could change in the future, but so far, these have all been very bad. 
So when you get to that first episode and everything seems great so far, like there aren't even any men in the show. Um, and you think, how could they screw it up if there's no guy to, you know, dote on the women? Well, they do anyway. <sighs> <laughs> what? Nothing. I'm just, <laughs> this show is so buck wild because like you were saying, usually we have some sort of protagonist that you play in the game and that protagonist is dropped into the anime series and all the women are in love with that person. And that does not happen in the show. Yeah. Which seemed like, hey, maybe we'll, you know, find the exception to the rule. No, they're just all interacting with each other in lots of different sexually explicit ways. And this show is probably the most egregious that we've seen in terms of how far they take things. In, in shows that we've watched before, there's been some, like, subtlety or everything up until that moment. And then somebody inevitably, you know, stops something from happening. This show takes it much further than other shows that we've seen before. Yeah, and in, in no small part because Rin Rin is a child, too, and is involved in several of these scenes. So without needing to go into too much detail about what all of that means or to what extent. I think we should just go into the characters and talk about what is there. Yeah, I mean, I'm for that. Uh, I literally, the only two names I have written, though, are Kanu and Rinrin, <laughs> and I talked about them. So I can't really contribute all that much to the remaining characters, uh, except that I have, you know, a few pictures in my head of, like, what they might look like. Sure. <laughs> So I think one thing to point out with Kanu, the main character, is that she has this reputation that has followed her around from town to town that she goes to, that there's this beautiful young woman who is killing bandits, who has this beautiful long black hair, and people are able to recognize her pretty quickly. But every single person comments about the fact that she is not beautiful. Right. And that joke got real old real fast. Yeah, for several reasons. One, I think, that we talked about is how did she get a reputation as being this black-haired beauty if everyone thinks she's ugly? And second, because if she's supposed to be ugly, like, what is what is the standard in this show? Because she looks like everyone else. Yeah, it's it's strange. Um, it might be that they, they kind of address things later on of like just how rumors get started really easily in this universe, this world. Um, and so maybe that's how. It, it does seem strange that everywhere she goes, people are able to look at her and say, oh, you must be that black-haired beauty that's killing all these bandits. But I almost didn't think it was you because you're not that pretty. And it's it's just like this weird ongoing joke that it keeps playing. And it's the only thing they have to say about her, honestly. And it's funny. I, I had mentioned while we were watching some of the episodes that everyone in this show is famous. They constantly refer to the fact that, oh, that person? Oh, well, she's famous for this or 
she's famous for being this great spear fighter and so on. And it's like, is everyone famous in this world? Because that doesn't seem like it would work. It's also strange because all the female warriors that we've come across are their weapons of choice are spears. Yeah, it seems so. I don't know if that's a particular Chinese weapon that is common, but they're all decorated in different ways. They're almost more distinguished by the spears that they use than by how they actually look. Yeah. I mean, to say that this show has any basis in like actual Chinese history would be a big stretch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know if there's significance to the spears, but that's what ended up happening at least. And it's strange because all of these girls are proficient in their weaponry and they're all supposed to be the best and they'll frequently go toe to toe with each other. And almost every single time somebody outside of the girls fighting calls a draw. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen the end of a fight. The very first fight, I think, was between... Kanu and Rinrin, and they fought well into the night, and then were like, oh, we're both great. We should partner up. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, and that keeps happening. Like, it, it's this weird dynamic, which I guess is to say, like, they didn't want to keep having to create stronger and stronger characters and to give a reason why, you know, the main character is able to beat the stronger and stronger character, which is something we see a lot in anime, especially I can think of shows like Dragon Ball Z, where it's like Goku is a really strong fighter, and then he goes against like this ultimate fighter, and yet Goku can pull through, and then there's a new ultimate fighter, and somehow Goku gets even stronger, and that like keeps happening over and over in the series. And maybe this series was trying to avoid that, But it ends up being very anticlimactic when every fight, unless it's against like a man or a bandit or somebody, ends in a draw. Even that, though, like we've hardly seen any bandits dying. No, one episode. Even even though that's supposed to be her whole thing is she fights bandits. Yeah. And that's the part that seems weird is that that's her whole mission. And yet we don't ever see her talk about it. People keep saying, like, oh, you're that girl that's killing bandits. But there's no evidence of that. Well, she she sure did take care of that group of bandit kids, didn't she? <laughs> she you know she, what? She did. Yeah, she she did great job on that quest. She only fell in one of their traps. Yeah. Terrible. I think this is a little bit off topic, but it's also worth noting that something that happens in this show is that... Each character has multiple names. Our main character, Kanu, her true name is Aisha. And Rinrin's true name is Chohi. And they really loosely throw these these names around, which makes the overwhelming cast of characters even more difficult to follow because they have nicknames for their for their the names that they typically use, and they have true names that they also use sometimes. It makes me think of, like, having a stage name and then having, like, your birth name. Yeah. But when you have so many characters, it's it's already confusing. Yeah, it definitely is. And especially when several of your characters look the same. Yeah, there's, there's, there's too many going on. I think when I was looking up some information, 
that at least in the game, there's somewhere close to like 135 characters. So to add a secondary name to remember all of that is the thought is just completely overwhelming. Yeah, it is for sure. Do you want to talk about your crescent haired girls? I mean, they're in there. That That's what I have to say about them. They haven't done the laugh thing yet, but there is definitely some crescent hair going on. Yeah, there's two girls. One of them has very big, long crescent hair. And the other one has, I called her crescent hair in training because it's very short. Yeah, hers are like more uh, some sort of twirly pasta than full-on crescent rolls, but (laughs) maybe one day. All right, well, I think maybe we should take a break. (laughs) That sounds like a plan. And welcome back. That was a lot. (laughs) All right, Kayla, would you like to talk about the production of the show? Yeah, I'd really love to talk about the character designs of the show because everybody looks the exact same. Do tell. From just about the eyes down, every single character so far has the exact same body shape. Uh, Keep in mind that all the characters are female. They all have really big eyes that are quite disproportionate to their face. They have really pointy chins, and they have very, very slender bodies. So, like, their arms are really long and thin. Their legs are really long and thin. And all of them, with the exception of Rin Rin, all have very large breasts. And the only way to tell any of these girls apart is sometimes by their eye color, but usually by their hairstyle. And a lot of those are still copy and pasted, and they just change the color of the hair. Yeah, it's like you'll have multiple characters who have long black hair, and one of them has a slightly different eye color, and maybe their hair has like an extra loop that the other character doesn't have. And when that's your only signal for knowing who a character is, besides maybe their voice, you're not offering enough diversity in character designs for me to be able to keep track of anyone. Especially when the things we've already talked about with their names and the sheer amount of characters uh, is already making that difficult. Yeah, and and their costume designs are also pretty similar. So Mm -hmm. this... This is, again, it's when you have this many characters, it is really hard to make there be a variety with how they look and how they sound. But, man, it it just feels like a big mess of just copying, pasting, and then literally just changing the color scheme on certain characters. By the fourth episode, we had gotten a character who looked just like the main character but had brown hair instead of black and I think her color scheme in, instead of being green like the main character was more like blue and yellow and I think this again points back to that 
blunder that they took in episode one, where if this had just been a story about Kanu and Renrin, those two characters are probably the only discernible characters in the show. It's really easy to point out Renrin at any point, and Kanu, just because you've spent the most time with her, you probably know what she looks like and what she carries and the type of clothes that she's wearing. Um, but the second you start adding in all these supplemental characters who become the focus of an episode and those other two characters disappear for a while, everyone bleeds together. Yeah, I know this isn't the case with animated shows, but have you ever seen like a pilot of a show and then watch the n- once it got like picked up by a network and you're like, wow, they made a lot of different choices and they cut out some characters and they added some in. That's exactly what this feels like. But of course, that's not how animated shows work. They get picked up for a whole season. It feels like, though, that they had a completely different pilot and then some network person made a decision and they went a totally different direction with the show. Yeah, which is, of course, disappointing because there there was something to episode one and then everything else I can't even connect with in, in the slightest. But I think in terms of like the whole production, um, everything was kind of wrong from the start, too. In terms of just plain animation quality, it's it's sort of like the most base level that you can you can get away with. It's uh, kind of your most average execution and there's nothing special to it. I think something that would be a really good example of this is the fight scenes in this show. Because something we've talked about before, fight scenes can be really challenging to do really well. And this show does not do this well at all. And probably the most frustrating thing is that they don't even fully animate the fights. So what has happened in several of the fights that we've watched is that they'll just start doing stills of what's happening. And it's not done as like a artistic sort of expression of something that's going on. It really feels lazy. Like they didn't have the time or the money to fully animate this fight. And so they're just going to give you some highlights of what happened. Yeah, the, the majority of the fights seem to be just the two characters standing and looking at each other and like, waving their weapons at each other. That actually was one fight where they just stare at each other and the other girl is like, you're too strong. I can't fight you, so I won't even start. And then they stop the fight. Yeah. They never actually clash spears at all. Every single fight they bail on. Yeah. And I highly doubt that happens in the game. Like, there would be no point to the game if every fight just ended and there was no victor. So it makes me think that they literally just didn't know how to resolve anything that they were putting into the anime episodes. Yeah, and and for a show that is about people trying to find justice for the lost lives of their loved ones and how much fighting is advertised for the show is that they really did not put any emphasis or importance on that at all. It is all towards the non-important sexy time scenes. Yeah, and just to wrap up our talk about the production quality, the music is also unremarkable. Yeah, and like I was saying with the fight scenes is that it's sort of just dropped in randomly. 
it feels really lazy. It's it's like, hey, I have this joke or I have this emotion and I don't really know how to get you to feel that. So I'm just going to drop in this little piece of music. There's not I wouldn't say that there's background music going on. It's actually mostly quiet. And then they'll just drop in these really weird little instrumental pieces. Probably no more than like four or five bars. And it's it's not congruent with what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I think the the type of budget that we're looking at here, these were almost certainly not produced for the show. They were probably just picked from some library and dropped in. That is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, it's unfortunate when that happens. Like, it's one thing for an independent producer to um, take music from somewhere else because they don't have the time or the budget or uh, they don't know the right people to be able to to produce music specifically for a project. But even in those cases, like, people put a lot of effort into making sure that they pick the right songs that fit and then they edit very well to make sure that they go with the type of emotion that they're trying to convey. And there's no finesse to the selections that they've made or where they're placed. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny. Usually we talk about how in certain shows we won't even notice the music. And in this show, I actually noticed it quite a bit, but for all of the wrong reasons. is because something would be dropped in there and you were just like, what? were they doing what what is happening and it kind of took you out of the show even more than what was happening in the show yeah even in a lot of like western productions especially if you look at stuff like the marvel cinematic universe music is extremely unoffensive it's not really meant to convey anything it just kind of sits there and a lot of times that's the desired effect is it's not distracting, but it doesn't feel empty because videos feel empty if there's no music behind them. And uh, if you want some evidence of that, go watch the most recent Samsung advertisement for their new folding phone. It's really creepy. <laughs> I don't think I've seen this. Now I'm going to have to go see it. Well, when I showed you like that clip of the folding phone, I had the volume on my phone turned off. Turns out you didn't need the volume up because it's pretty much silent the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> that is weird. But yeah, this show didn't do any of those things. It just didn't utilize music well at all. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, Colin, do you want to give us some general thoughts about the show? Sure. Again, um, I don't have a whole lot of general thoughts. I think there's not really that much attention that I can give this show one way or another. It kind of, to me, just felt like 90% of the time was snooze fest. It had lifeless fights, jokes that fell completely flat, um, empty characters, and the story was just meandering and not interesting. And then the other 10% of the time was the unmentionable stuff. And that is not a great formula. So, yeah, I don't... I don't have anything really positive to say about it. They could have gone somewhere with it, and they did not. Instead, they went somewhere that is just not appealing. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. This show, really, when when we looked at the summary for the show, it really seemed like 
this could be an interesting show. Like, the premise seems generally interesting. And then we got into it, and I would immediately was just like, I am not about this. I, I didn't like the way the characters were drawn. I couldn't get into the personalities or lack thereof of the characters. And, and everything just felt a little off, and it just kept piling on. It just kept being more and more things that I didn't like about the show. But I did find something that I want to share with you. Okay, let's see. <laughs> this is a detailed summary of the protagonist from the game. Okay. And I don't know if it'll help or hurt how you view what could have been from the show. Hey, it can't really go down from here, so... <laughs> oh, you might live to regret those words. <clears throat> this is about the main character. He is a modern-day Japanese student who is trained in kendo, military strategies, and has a pretty good knowledge about Asian history in general. Wait. He is sent back in time no. to ancient no. China when he attempted to stop a mysterious no. student from stealing an ancient Chinese mirror no. <laughs> within the school's collection and ended up breaking the mirror in the process. No. <laughs> Due to his abnormal costume, his school uniform, Ugh. and manner of speech, English loan words. He is saved by Kanu and is mistaken to be the messenger from heaven who is said to bring peace to China. Oh, <laughs> it's an isekai. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but isn't that so surprising given the show? Because we don't get any of that. Well, yeah, there is, there's no main character. No. Um, and certainly not a dude. No. And certainly not a Japanese high school student who sure. is from the future. But doesn't this strangely remind you of a different show that we watched? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost identical. It's Yeah, it's extremely similar to um, Master of Ragnarok and Blesser of Einherjar. Even which... that show had a mirror thing in it. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Michael's going to love this one. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like if this if this show is loosely based on a game that is loosely based off of a historical text, very loosely. It doesn't really have a sense of identity, and that comes through in the show. And it makes sense that we're having a hard time connecting to it because it doesn't know what it's trying to do. Yeah, I mean that that probably explains a lot, but it also opens up a whole bunch of questions I'm not willing to answer or ask. <laughs> so, with all of this information, Colin, would you watch more no. of this show? <laughs> you didn't even let me finish. No. <laughs> Any particular <laughs> things you want to say about that? Um, I mean, I've pretty much said my piece. I think the only only other thing I might mention is that I don't know who the fan base for this show is, and I'd be surprised if there is one. Uh, like, this this might be a show that really nobody knows about, 
and the people who have heard of it ignore it for the trash it is. I, that's at least what I hope, because it would completely blow my mind if there were actually people who enjoy this. And and I, I'm just confused about who would be the fan base for this show and what they would hope to get out of it. Yeah, I'm also going to say no. Um, Surprise. <laughs> Shock, horror, awe. <laughs> yeah, there is just nothing... To save this sinking ship, there's not really anything redeemable about this show. You know, usually we try to say like, oh, well, you know, but the characters were good or it had a, you know, it had really good animation or there's not one thing that I can look at and say, well, at least this was good. The one thing that it's good for is making fun of. And I'm glad that we have that. To have an entertaining show, but even even to sit through it for four episodes, like we got we got in into two episodes and we're like, whew, do we really have to watch the next the next two? Like, maybe we'll just skim them, you know? Um, Turns out those two episodes were pretty nuggety. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you said. This doesn't really appeal to me in any way. So, hard pass. Yeah, I mean, I guess the show is kind of our specialty <laughs> since we're the only people watching it. <laughs> well, uh, before we wrap up the show this week, we did want to mention that we are coming up on our special episode as a celebration for 25 complete episodes of Ooh. the Annie Monday podcast. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, we've had a blast and we're uh, excited to keep making the show. And, um, I think next week's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. So again, uh, if you have any questions for us, the hosts, it can be anything about us, uh, or about how we got into Anime Monday. It can be about anime. Uh, it can be about podcasting, really whatever you've got, send it to podcast and uh, we'll sift through it and, uh, Whatever sticks, we will uh, answer on the show. Yeah, we'd love to answer your questions. We've already gotten lots of good questions from some of our listeners, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to answering those. Yeah, thanks for sending those in. And if you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. And if you have some of those questions or comments, you can send them to podcast at anamonday.moe. Or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Our username is AnnaMondayCast, and there's links for that on our website. Thanks also to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide and for the random button, which produces those wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week, we'll have a link to the current title on our website and social media so that you can watch what we're watching. Finally, thanks to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for the show. And uh, if you want to learn more about him and hear his music, you can check out his band camp. I'll uh, provide links to that in the show notes and on our website. Are you ready to roll? I'm ready. Random button in three, two, one. All right. The anime for this week is Planet With. What? Yeah, Planet With. Okay. And the... First episode is called Light, Seven Flashes. Is it like Planet uh, with Light, Seven Flashes? I don't think it's a complete thing. I think it's called Planet with. 
Yeah. I tried to make more sense of it. I looked at the other episode names. Nope. Doesn't work. Um, there appears to be a sentient dog in this show. I see that. Uh, <laughs> so. I see the dog. Okay. This is it might... like Snoopy sentient or is it like. It kind of looks like it might be a Snoopy. Okay. I can there get... might be Max. I'm not sure. I... Well, we'll just see. <laughs> okay. This is a weird one. All right. Well, next week is, of course, our 25th episode, and we will return with Planet With in uh, two weeks. woo We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Oh. I should probably just order that. It's real cheap. Can I have the vocalista? This is what we should be advertising. No. What? Why? It's amazing. This episode of Annie Monday Podcast brought to you by <laughs> nasal strips. <laughs> Off-brand H-E-B versions. For all of your breathing needs. Mm-hmm. What do they want? To know all about Better us. hosts. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Welp. Hosts who can breathe through their noses.